You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome once again to Disney One by One. This week, we're talking about Brother Bear. This is the 44th movie on the list. We're getting there. Remember, as always, you can check out this show everywhere on the internet at Disney1x1. If you could leave us a rating interview on Apple Podcasts, we would love that. And we'll read it here on the show at some point. With me, as always, today is my brother David Rolfing. David, you're back. We missed you last time. I was very sad to miss that episode. It is one of my favorites. But the next best thing, Brother Bear. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> sure. And joining us to talk Brother Bear, she is my mom's dad's brother's daughter is that right yeah yes yes <laughs> kelly keen welcome to disney one by one thank you i guess that'd be first cousin once removed is that the right. proper terminology you gotta look at the table of consanguinity for that one but i think yes. that's right so kelly is one of our super fans is that is that accurate that's so accurate <laughs> it's it's kind of scary how many episodes of the 43 do you think you've listened to i think i've listened to 38 I think I'm literally missing like three. I, and you know, sometimes it doesn't totally click played, but, and I've actually listened to some of them a couple of times. Yeah. That's a super fan. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have a favorite episode so far? There's a lot to choose from. I do. I really like the sleeping beauty one. And I love, yeah. I love the commentary about how fairies don't follow rules. And there were some references to how Lord of the Rings, the horses, the flying horses didn't the, follow the uh, rules. The, the eagles, the eagles, eagles yeah. sorry, the eagles. And then I really enjoyed the Fantasia 2000. And um, I really would like to do the trading card idea. I would really like to be a part of that. If you recall <laughs> that, it was pretty funny. Yeah, we were, we were talking about Topps trading cards and how uh, our, all of our guests should have one. But Chris oh, yeah. would be Chris would be the, the least rare because he's been on the show like seven or eight times. <laughs> exactly, <so>. exactly. <laughs> I would like to think I would be rare, but... Well, we still have a few episodes to go. If you do a good job here, maybe we can bring you back for uh, Zootopia or something. Oh, okay, got it, <laughs> Mike, got it. Mike, I was hoping for a... Kanai, Kodak to my Kanai, or uh, this is the only movie that has brother in the title. Oh, and you didn't give yeah. Me your Sorry, comparison. I forgot my, my opening analogy. There's yeah. a right. lot going on. You, David, you can say it. What am I? You're my Kanai to my Kodak. <laughs> so I'm the little brother. Uh, I think it's Koda. Oh, yeah. You said Kodak. That's like the camera company. Oh, I thought it was Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> what are all the characters? We'll get into all the That's characters. That's how much names, I first, love this movie. <laughs> first, we need, to, we need to meet our guests in some more detail. Kelly, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do in Colorado? That's where you are. Well, Mike and David, I am a lawyer and I work for the city of Denver. I work in the human legal services section and I'm usually in court every other week. I do paternity and child support. Huh. I know, really exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, well, David's also in Denver, so if, if yeah. you need any help, Dave, there you go. Hopefully, I don't need any child yeah, hopefully. services. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. David, I do need to ask how, how your shoulder is. I don't know, Kelly, if you've listened to our, our yeah. episode, our Atlantis episode, but David, um, uh, what's, what's well, the update? I, I can put it over my body now, Okay, so that's good, but okay. I have to get surgery, and I scheduled it for early November, so that's not going to be fun, but it'll be better in the long term, I guess. Does it, does it like hurt constantly? Like right now? No. But if I try to lift something or move it a lot, yeah, it still hurts a lot. You try to go down a zip line. Not going to do a ropes course for a long time. I had a friend who just had that surgery. It's you'll, you'll be all right. 
Okay, good to know. Is it, he said it's your labrum? Yeah, I tore my labrum. Yeah. yeah, my wife had her had to do the labrum surgery on her hip, on her yep. leg. There, yeah, there's one in all yeah. of those sockets. It holds yeah. in the the ball of the bone into the socket. All right, so Kelly, it is we ask every guest on the show about their Disney history, and I understand you are quite the Disney fan. If you've listened to 37 episodes of, of Disney One by One, you're probably a pretty big Disney fan, but tell me what you got. I have so much. It's <laughs> I think people are going to think I'm really like, you know, when people say I try to say to people, I'm not really that big of a Disney fan. And they look at me and they go, oh, OK. I lived in California for five years. My daughter was born out there. So when I was a kid, I lived in Kansas City one year in Washington, D.C., and then Denver for most of my life. So we really did not go to Disney World or Disneyland. So not as a kid, that wasn't a thing that we ever did. And as far as the movies, I think the VCR was invented in like 1977 or something. So as far as like seeing movies, not so much either as a kid. I don't even think I watched TV that much. Maybe Solid Gold. Um, and of course, I'm a lot older than you guys. So, <laughs> But I saw Beauty and the Beast in... I was in, I lived in Iowa at the time I was married and it really like blew me away in the movie theater. I recall that. But as my kids, as when I lived in California, I took my kids to Disneyland and I have a brother that lives out there in Hermosa beach. And yeah. I've been out to Disneyland several times. I went when I was in law school with people while we were doing a moot court competition, took a couple people that always wanted to go at Disneyland. is just magical. I've never been to California adventure and I get a lot of crap from that, from people who are big <laughs> Disney people. But it probably wasn't there when you were there. Was it? It's been there since I've been there because oh, I went okay. to Disneyland a couple of years ago. So took my niece, my nephews and my daughter and my niece and stuff. But anyway, but as far as like going to Disney World, started going out there about five years ago and I've managed to make it to all the parks and have some really funny stories from that because I went with my sister and she is a hoot. And all, she, all of you are a hoot. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> I went to Disneyland Paris a couple years ago. That was protested, but ended up being very fun. And we took an Uber from Paris to Disneyland and back. So that was expensive. Yeah. it Yeah, it was expensive. But and I follow a lot of Instagrammers like the Disney hipsters and Michael K, just kind of nerdy Disney people. And then my real passion is Disney cruises. And I don't know if you've had anybody talk about Disney cruises, but I've no. been I've been on eight and I have three scheduled wow. and I'm going in three <laughs> weeks from today. I'm going to Disney World and I'm going on a Disney cruise. Just a lot of Disney. I have a lot of Disney memorabilia in my house and I have a huge picture from Cinderella that I had framed the, the poster. I love it. I think I'm just decided that as you grow old, you might as well have a passion to do something fun. Sure. And Disney is as good as anything. And there's a lot of information out there. So, yeah, you got to check out California Adventure at some point. It wasn't that great when it originally opened, but they redid it yeah, six, seven, eight years ago. And it's it's really one of my favorite parks. I like it a lot. I will. And then you need to check out Epcot before they tear it apart and redo the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think Epcot really is one of my favorites. But I tell you, one funny story was we went to Epcot and my sister and I, as we're leaving the park during magic hours, my mom was near death. Um, we see Spaceship Earth. We didn't realize that was a ride. So no. we're thinking, we're telling each other, hey, this has got to be the most ultimate ride at Disney World. There's got to be something spectacular in there. And we're running up to it. And literally the, the recording says the journey back in time or something. And it's the slowest, most deliberate, 
thing I've ever been on. And I was like, oh, my God. But anyway, it, it was fun. Epcot's a great... Epcot's spaceship Earth. I yeah, love Spaceship, spaceship Earth. Earth. Mm-hmm. The last time I was at Epcot, we were there for a long day. And my wife, like I said, her hip's not great. And we we went... I made her walk all the way from, from France to the front of the park to ride Spaceship Earth at 9 o'clock at night because I had a fast pass. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we had to walk back to the yacht club where we were parked, which is quite the hike from there. And so we, we commandeered a wheelchair. Hey. <laughs> there was one just sitting by the exit. And we grabbed it and I wheeled her all the way to the International Gateway to the yacht club. It was quite amusing. It's funny you should say that because I did that with my mom last time we were there in February. <laughs> So we parked at Yacht Club and we went in the back entrance and we got a wheelchair and yeah, mm-hmm, pretty fun. All right. Did you manage to narrow down your top five favorite Disney movies? Of course. I would say at number five is, and it's loose, is Treasure Planet. I, the combination of the, I love the water. I love the whole space, you know, space plus, you know, pirate type thing. That That's a great movie. Really a lot of fun. And um, Aristocrats is number four. Arist- Aristocat. Aristocats. Yes. Yes. And Tangled, number three. That's just a darn good movie. And Beauty and the Beast. Um, but my number one is Sleeping Beauty. Nice. Yeah, I just love Sleeping Beauty. I love the music. I love the, like you said, a lot of people, your guests have said very stylized. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, good list. Brother Bear wasn't on it, so uh, we'll see what you think in just a minute. Okay. With that, we'll move on to Brother Bear. And now, our feature presentation. The world is full of magic. Winter turns to spring. Small things become big. One thing always changes into another. Walt Disney Pictures presents Brother Bear. After the success of The Lion King, Disney CEO Michael Eisner urged them to develop more, more animal-centric movies. No, no surprise there. And he wanted a movie based in North America. And so, as because the bear is the king of the forest, like the lion's the king of the jungle, even though Lion King isn't really in a jungle, uh, they decided to go with a bear story. And they brought on some guys named Aaron Blaze and Robert Walker to start working on it. Uh, Aaron Blaze was a frequent Disney animator. He animated the three uh, kind of sidekicks in Mulan. I'm never going to catch my breath. And he he animated Raja, the tiger in in Aladdin. And he, he animated young Nala in Lion King. So he was pretty used to doing animals. And so he, he and Robert Walker started working on Brother Bear. They did a lot of research on Native American stories and tales. And it evolved into a father-son story. Well, kind of father-son, more like father figure, uh, where the son is transformed into a bear. And in the end remains it remains a bear and it was an original story they created from scratch based on some legends and ideas from native americans thomas schumacher who was the then president of disney animation approved it immediately calling it the idea of the century it was a little uh, <laughs> hyperbolic but uh so the original idea had an adult bear uh one older bear that was voiced by michael clark duncan they ended up changing that to a kid so it was sort of became a more of a brother thing and less of a father-son thing, as I mentioned earlier, the father-son thing. So they brought on Tab Murphy, who wrote Tarzan and Atlantis to help write the screenplay. Um, at one point, the filmmakers took a trip to Alaska in, in August of 1999. They went to Denali National Park and the Kenai Fjords National Park. They also ended up going to Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons and Sequoia National Park for research. 
as far as the casting of this movie, Joaquin Phoenix plays Kanai. He was cast in 2001 for that character. He was fresh off his Oscar nomination for Gladiator. And they liked, he, he kind of, I mean, he plays the bad guy in Gladiator, but he's still somewhat sympathetic. And they like that combination because honestly, Kanai in this movie is kind of the bad guy for a little bit. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I read some quote that he said it was really exciting to be in a Disney movie. Yeah, the quote was that, uh, yeah, I was just nominated for an Oscar, but now I get to do the voice of an yep. animated film and now my, my career is complete. Exactly. Now he's, now he's playing the Joker. Um, who else was cast in the movie? A little kid named Jeremy Suarez was cast as Coda, not Kodak. Yeah. <laughs> he had auditioned for a role in Finding Nemo, and that's where they heard his voice originally. because Nemo came out just about the same time. And then we had Rut and Took, the, the moose, the meese. <laughs> they were played by Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis. We talked about these guys way back on our Rescuers episode, I think, David. You were talking about some bonus feature on a DVD where they were in it? Yeah, our cousin Carol was on that episode and he talked about, I guess, I don't have the DVD copy of this, but apparently on the DVD, there's an audio commentary that Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis do as Rut and Took for the entire movie. Um, but they are a pretty famous Canadian comedy duo. And so they recruited them to be these characters. Fairly appropriate. And then uh, one other random casting, uh, Sitka, who is the oldest brother. Is that that the one who dies at the beginning? Yep. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's played by D.B. Sweeney, who did the voice of Aladar in Dinosaur. The production of this movie, it was traditionally animated, but it definitely, definitely has some CG mixed throughout the salmon... The caribou stampede, which is pretty reminiscent of the stampede from Lion King, were done computer generated. It was the third Disney animated feature to be produced primarily at Disney MGM Studios. And the studio was shut down pretty soon after, in 2004, not long after the release of the movie. They wanted to do more CGI, and that's not what was happening at MGM Studios. So, as we've discussed, that park is now a shell of its original self, but now they have Star Wars Land and many other things, so it's evolved from a functioning studio as it was in the in the 90s. Um, we'll dive into the music much more a little bit later, but after the success of Tarzan, Phil Collins was brought back to write the songs and co-write the score for this movie, which I didn't was not aware of until I clicked play. Me either. <laughs> and heard that voice. Um, he was somewhat disappointed when he found out that they didn't want him to sing every song. You hear the likes of Tina Turner, the Blind Boys of Alabama, the Bulgarian Women's Choir, and others in this movie. And the score was co-written by Mark Mancina, who also did Tarzan with Phil Collins. This movie premiered on October 20th, 2003 in the New Amsterdam Theater in New York City. Uh, Phil Collins and Tina Turner performed live afterwards in the theater. It was released uh, worldwide or countrywide in, on November 1st, 2003. It opened second behind Scary Movie 3. If you need a little context of what else was out at the time. Huh. And it made $250 million on its $46 million budget, so that would call that a success. It was nominated for the Best Animated Feature in the Oscars that year, but it lost to Finding Nemo. A little, little, little rivalry there. That's a big one. Yep. And there was a Brother Bear sequel. Dave, have you seen Brother Bear 2? <laughs> I think that might be the only one I've seen, actually, before watching this. Kelly, have you seen Brother Bear 2? No, but I read the, the whole synopsis. Okay, can you summarize it? Because I didn't. I can. So... Brother Bear 2 opens with him waking from hibernation, and he's with Coda. He's a bear, of course, which, yeah. spoiler alert. Um, and then he, the, somehow there's this girl that in his childhood he's kind of betrothed to because he gave her something. And then she's supposed to marry somebody else, but before she can marry this guy from a neighboring group, 
she has to go and make peace with him. Okay. Hey, I'm probably butchering this. But so she does, and she is transformed so she can understand him and Coda. And somehow it all comes back and she becomes a bear. Sister bear. That's what they should have called it. Wife bear. Lover bear. Lover bear. Lover bear, bear, sister bear, whatever. Sounds like a stretch, like a lot of these, those sequels, those direct-to-VHS sequels. I really did want to know what happened, and now I know. I have a couple of fun facts for you. Yeah, go for it. There are a couple deleted scenes on the DVD. Um, One adds some more childhood uh, moments. Um, Kanai has a nightmare involving Adka. And then there's an alternate ending where he returns back to human form. That you can watch on the DVD? Yeah. Hmm. Which is strange considering like he's like still the whole a bear in the sequel the movie, yeah, and right. even his girlfriend becomes a bear too. So hmm. obviously they decided to change their minds in that. But I, w- I wonder if it's like a fully animated scene or if it's just like storyboards yeah, storyboards, or animatics. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have on that. So, Kelly, what is your history with this movie? Had you seen it before yesterday? No. And just looking at the timeline, I was I'm a later law school person. And I think this was like literally my third year in law school kind of fall, which would have been, you know, finals. And literally when new movies came out, I bought them. So I think I have probably 35 of those movies on your list. But my big thing is I'm not a huge fan of animals dying, Hmm. which is probably, you know, there's, there's a chunk of those movies. So Bambi, when the mother dies, Lion King, when the father dies, it's very stressful for me. And maybe Hmm. it's just my age or maybe I'm a woman. I don't know. Getting too far down something here, but it just really, like, I just know when a movie's called Brother Bear, someone, an animal is dying. I could feel it in my bones. <laughs> so I was like, when you said Brother Bear, I was like excited. But overall, I had never seen it, you know, and listening to all your podcasts and all how these movies go with especially those crazy ones back in the day. Yeah. Three Caballeros and. Hey, ma- that's a great one. I, that I did watch it. <laughs> I did watch it. And it's hysterical. It just it's just like goes crazy at the end. Oh, yeah. So, thumbs up like, or thumbs down. Whose side trip. are you on? I I don't know. I it's I I'm a lot like Michael and I like that kind of old. I love the music. I'm a big classical music person. I'm a big yeah. like I love a lot of different genres. But when it goes crazy and when he's. That scene on the beach where he's, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is happening? Who is in charge of these people? It was just very, it was bunch insane. Of dudes. But it, this is a bunch of dudes. I can say I've seen it, but it was really funny. And I just loved all your commentary on it. It was hilarious. But back to Brother Bear, um, I, I'm going to say I cried twice. I don't think you two, I don't think you two cried, but I watched a second time and I cried once. So... I there it was well done it was well done yeah so yeah oh I I can't argue that it wasn't well done all right David real quick your history with brother bear before we dive into some deeper reactions I don't remember seeing this movie and I could have seen the sequel like I said I don't know which one but I only remember like the sillier the moose and when he is a bear I don't I didn't know that they started in human form at all so I really watched it for the first time yesterday yeah i'm pretty sure this was my first time i haven't looked up the trailer yet there are a couple lines that that 
seemed a little familiar, so I probably saw a trailer somewhere. They announced this around the time The Lion King came out on VHS or DVD or whatever it was back then. And so there was probably a trailer for it on our copy of Lion King that we had. Other than just like scrubbing through it when I was making some compilation of movie clips for Instagram, I don't think I'd seen this before. And like I said, I had no idea Phil Collins was involved. And I generally know those things. So not much Brother Bear in my history. And uh, with that, we'll move on to our reactions. So, Kelly, you gave us a little bit yep. of your initial reaction, but uh, a little bit more. What, what else struck a chord with you with Brother Bear? Well, I think Brother Bear has a lot of elements of siblings who like to wrestle. And I think that's the only reason that you have siblings is to wrestle. So I really did. <laughs> I love that message because literally, I think of all the big families I know, you guys as well, there's a whole lot of wrestling. And the movie was stressful because it's constantly people falling off of cliffs, going in the water. You, you mentioned in Mulan how, you know, the scene where the horse gets pulled up with like two people. And <laughs> I was like, this movie, he had a hard time pulling his brother out of that off of the cliff in that first, you know, death scene, as we'll call it. Or, you know, the Sitka going down. But yeah. um, there's just a lot of stressfulness to me. But the little bear is very cute. Those moose, when I heard those moose, I was like, oh, my God, those are those Canadian moose that I knew that. Is is it Martin Short and it's uh, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Sorry, Rick Moranis. And um, I knew those moose and I'm familiar with that. Overall, I I really liked the movie, but the turning into a bear, that was that was hard for me. I was like, I really had to think about that. And I think that's my problem is, is I probably think too much about animated fictional movies, which is, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. But I think the message is good. The cycle of life. I'm very I'm big on that. And that I enjoyed that. I thought that was a good message. And you've seen that message before. It kind of reminded me of Brave. So when I, you know, of course, the mom turns into a bear and brave and that's a right. I don't think that's on your list. I think that's a that's that's Pixar. Okay, so it's funny because I went and watched Brave after this movie. (laughs) I was like, I just wanted to see the similarities. And so it's a good story. It really is. Well, I went and watched the Country Bear Jamboree on YouTube. So do they look like the bears in this movie? <laughs> at all? I don't know. I just when I think bears, I think Country Bear Jamboree from Disney. That's so funny. We, we must be related because I looked at the Country Bear Jamboree, too, because I remember going to Disneyland with my kids and I remember going and I thought it was a restaurant and you watch mm. the Country Bear Jamboree. I thought that was like a quick serve restaurant. Well, just a show. And maybe we just bought food and had it before. There was also it used to be a French fry cart at, at um, a McDonald's French fry cart at Disneyland. Yep, Frontierland. Love that. The but, wagon. Yeah. And and then my friend told me there was a tuna fish, something sponsored by Chicken of the Sea that served <laughs> tuna fish sandwiches. I can't remember what he said, but anyway, he had some fun stuff about that. But yeah, I looked at the Country Bear Jamboree too. I pulled it up on YouTube. I love the Country Bear Jamboree. I do too. Uh, there was blood on the saddle. <laughs> the guy with like the one string on his banjo. It's a good one. It's fantastic. It's a good one. I'm pretty sure Brother Bear actually makes an appearance at Disney California Adventure, which we were talking about. 
There's a section at California Adventure called the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. It's like this walkthrough section. With, it's like a it's a ropes course, Dave. Don't go. Um, <laughs> but it's a dumbed down version of a ropes course. It's very safe. And I'm pretty sure outside of it is a big, tall statue of the bear from Brother Bear. And like inside kind of, of it, there is a feature where it will crown you your totem animal. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you look this up, too. I nice. did. Yeah, so there is yeah, there is a big like statue of of Kenai outside of it kind of welcoming welcoming you in to the Redwood Creek Trail. So there's a little a little brother bear nod in in a Disney in a Disney park. David, uh, your initial reaction to this movie. We haven't gotten to that yet. I thought it started out strong. I really enjoyed the human aspect, I think more than the animal aspect. Once he turned into a bear and they started, you know, using childlike humor and <laughs> There's a lot of like slapstick humor that I don't like. I thought I think Rut and Two could do a good job of being the comedic relief, but I think they should have stuck with most of that on them and then had Coda and Kanai kind of be a little more grounded. I don't know. I just felt like it's it felt like a kids movie once they turned into animals and that it was a kind of a, a shift away from the more serious tone when they're interacting with the humans. So I, I also think the music overall I didn't know Phil Collins was in it either. I really love Phil Collins' soundtrack on Tarzan. Maybe I'm just super biased because it's nostalgia and I've seen that movie a ton of times, but I don't feel like the music in this movie really fit as well as it did in Tarzan. Kind of like the narration sort of lyrics. I don't, it didn't work for me. It really didn't. And even during some of the more serious scenes, like Phil Collins is singing over them and it just kind of took me out of it and... I don't know why it didn't in Tarzan, but maybe they just edited it, it different and he wasn't singing while they were talking and stuff like that. But I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this movie. Yeah, your your music gripe there was my my precise gripe with this movie. I think it's nice. It's a nice movie. I think the plot is good. Like I, I appreciate the thought that went into it and like the the lessons and morals, but like just the way it was told, I feel like just didn't work for me as you were saying. And I, I had gripes with Tarzan watching that back again with the way they use like a narrator to sing instead of having the character sing. And they did the, this is kind of the age of that in Disney. I mean, they do the same thing in, in home on the range, which we'll talk about next week. I think Lilo and stitch did the same thing. Emperor's new groove generally did the same thing. Yeah. And Tarzan, the big perpetrator of this, have a narrator sing deal. And uh, yeah, I just, we can we can talk a little more more specifically about these songs, but I thought the lyrics were just so literal. Very literal. If you listened, I wrote some of them down. I mean, there's a song. Well, just the first one, the, the great spirits. Da, 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 the Tina Turner sings. In this wilderness of danger and beauty, live three brothers bonded by love. Their hearts full of joy. They might as well be saying like three boys walk over some rocks and then they jump in a pond and then they find some fish and then they climb up a tree. Like it's like it's so it's so literal to what's going on. I think that last song where it's basically Phil Collins singing, you can't get a you know, this is terrible and you're not gonna, you know. It's not maybe the very last song, but where he confesses to killing the mom. Oh, yeah. I, was oh, like, I wrote down a bunch of lyrics this, from that one. Well, this is getting deep. I'm like, I, who do I need to forgive? I feel very bad. I can't fix this. You know, I think that was the message. You can't fix this. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. 
brother bear, I let you down. You trusted me, believed in me, and I let you down. Of all the things I hid from you, I cannot hide the shame. And I pray someone, something will come to take away the pain. I think the Tarzan songs work better. If you look at the lyrics to Tarzan songs, and I'm, I'll probably miss some, but it, they're a little more general. It's like, put your faith in what you must believe in, or like... Son of man, da, 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 da. it's not singing like I learned some English and then I climbed up a tree and then I high five my friend and I yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what all these songs are. It's like brother bear, I let you down. You trusted me, you believed in me. I let you down. Take away the pain. I don't know. I don't know how the song goes. I'll play it in the background. There's no way out of this dark place. No hope. No future. Right, I know exactly. it's, it's like it's, it was... it's so literal. And the same thing happens in the song where uh, where Kanai ends up with the family. Of bears and they're all swimming and stuff and there's a line where it's just like there's like the bridge to the song when he like it goes underwater and the song kind of quiets down and it's like this has to be the most beautiful place i've ever been to is one of the lyrics just i didn't drive with them i didn't drive with them yeah i honest to god i did not realize that he killed the mom until like he told the story and that was i thought a good twist. i thought man i as everybody know this but me i felt really stupid i was like i was i lost my mom i probably should have figured that out from the very beginning but oh, yeah i might have not been paying attention as close as i should have been but it was a little it was a surprise to me yeah, I, I didn't know either. I was like, you killed his mom. Yeah, it was terrible. You know, it was an interesting twist on like, you know, he became a bear, but his brother's still trying to hunt him down. Like interesting dynamics, certainly some some unique things. However, I was thinking about this as I was prepping earlier today. And this is generally the same plot as Beauty and the Beast, where can I does something bad, and so he gets turned into a beast, right? Right. And then he has to overcome that, and then he only tra- he only transforms back to his self when he shows true love to Coda. So I mean, it's a it's a stretch, but <laughs> it's, a ge- it's the same. I was I was watching him transform back into a human again today, and I'm like, this is Beauty and the Beast. Oh wait, it really is Beauty and the Beast, just kind of slightly slightly twisted around. And and Brave is the opposite, where she did something bad, had her mom turned into a bear, and she had to make up for it. Interesting, yeah. Always, always recycling, but that is fine. They find different skins, literally and figuratively. I think my main issue with this movie is just like, they don't do a good job of blending the two different tones together. If you think about like Mulan, or a movie like that, which has a lot of comedy in it, and like Mushu is, definitely has some childlike humor that he carries, but this movie has like clear distinctions between serious when they're humans, silly and kitty when they turn into animals and then like serious again once he reveals that he killed this kid's mom and then you know gets redeemed at the end and has to fight his old his middle brother and I, I just feel like it's too stark of a contrast between these different sections of the movie and it, that just did not work for me at all if they would have kept the middle a little more serious, kept the beginning and end maybe a little more lighthearted. It could have worked better, but they just didn't do a good job of 
blending those tones together. They tend to do that a lot, and they kind of have to do that because these are directed towards kids. So, so Kelly, you said you cried a couple times when you were watching this. What, what were the parts that uh, that really, really hit you hard? When the gra- the Tanana, the grandma, I call her the grandma. I think she's just the spiritual person, yeah. the elder. When she said Sitka left too soon after after the funeral, and they're you know he's like going to go get the bear, and she said that it just yeah made me like tear up. And then the part where when Kanai tells Coda about Sitka. Oh, and then and then they break into that song. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? What did he say to Coda when they they muffled that or they went they went over that? Like, did he say I'm the bear that killed your mom, the bear, or who? Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't understand how he explained that to him. They probably covered that up because they couldn't figure out a good way to explain it. That's what <laughs> so I thought. Phil Collins, just sing over it, right? Yeah, just just sing very specific thoughts. <laughs> Murphy's like, I can't write this. Let's just write it. Just give it to Phil. Give it to Phil. One, th- one thing I wanted to mention on a, on a separate note, and this is just the, f- the filmmaker in me. This movie has a dramatic aspect ratio change halfway through. I thought you gave me like the wrong file or something no, at the beginning. No, I remember the first time I pulled this up for something and I thought I like, you know, had a, had a messed up version too, but then I scrubbed through it and then I Googled it. But so this movie starts kind of your typical 16 by nine aspect ratio, which is what would fill, you know, like an H an HD TV. And then once he turns into a bear, the, the, the picture goes into that wide sort of cinema scope wide super widescreen aspect ratio i don't really exactly know the reason why it also kind of changes color palettes too um the beginning it's a little more washed out a little more realistic and then as soon as it turns into a bear the colors kind of get brighter and more saturated and and obviously the picture gets wider so just interesting choice i couldn't really find an exact reason why they did it it was just sort of a, a an artistic choice but something something of note because this is the f- First time this has happened in a Disney movie for sure, and not something that happens very often in general in in movies. Yeah, I mean, it definitely emphasized that transformation. I mean, it also, yeah, the more colorful color palette just makes it look more cartoony in general. And that kind of emphasized that tonal change too, just the visuals along with it. But obviously it stayed till the end of the movie. Yeah, and I imagine in a theater, you know, in a higher quality copy than what I gave you guys, it probably was a little more dramatic oh yeah it probably looks good yeah you go into the theater and it's like why is this not filling up the screen and then you know it gets to that part it's like ah cool kind of like uh all those christopher nolan movies you go see dark knight rises and half the movie's letterbox and then you're on imax screen and all of a sudden boom it fills up the whole thing it's it's definitely definitely dramatic you were talking about that imax thing i did not realize that because the first imax i saw was down at the natural history museum yeah, and it's probably one of the big I ones. I avoid the IMAX now because I'm like, it doesn't seem like it's any big deal. But I didn't realize what you were talking about in one of your podcasts about how they're really not a full IMAX experience. Trying to spread the word. Thank you. I feel <laughs> Boycott better. Boycott LIMAX. Boycott. And you know what? I don't even like seeing things in 3D. I'd rather just see them regular. I just. Fortunately, 3D seems to be fizzling out. Yeah. I don't know one person that likes seeing a movie in 3D. No. I don't even think it really works that well, to tell you the truth. I mean, some, no. sometimes you'll see a preview where they'll really make something like reach out and grab you, but it doesn't seem to be that way in the actual movie. Well, and the other thing, this is another one of my crusades, is 
most movies that are released in 3D, and this is excluding animation because they can do this. You know, if it's if it's all animated, they can do it in computers. But most movies that are released in 3D are not shot in 3D, you know, which is actually two physical cameras that are the same distance apart as your eyes. And they can adjust them to figure out exactly the, what the perspective is and that sort of thing. And like all the Hobbit movies are shot that way. Avatar was shot that way. But most of the Avengers and all those Marvel movies and Star Wars that were released in Star Trek that were released in 3D were not shot in 3D. They just post convert it. And so you don't get the depth that you that you get with those two cameras. They they take computers and they separate the backgrounds but the faces aren't 3d because there's no way to do that there's just it's just dumb it's the same with the imax and the limax they're just like we can charge five extra dollars for this and so we'll just kind of half we'll kind of half do it and no one no one will know the difference just the fleecing of america i actually went so far as buying glasses that turn 3d into 2d (laughs) when star wars episode episode 7 came out (laughs) because because the only screening for force awakens that i that was the right time was in 3d and like screw this i'm not seeing star wars in 3d and so i bought glasses that are literally it's just basically two left lenses i think i think you know too much i think you know too much yeah i do i do The, the best 3d movie of all time spy kids 3d oh for sure for sure featuring elijah wood Oh, the guy. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Well, and Avatar, when that came out in IMAX, in real IMAX, in real 3D, like that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. But most movies these days that are released that way, just they don't bother doing it properly. So, yeah, Brother Bear should have been in 3D <laughs> or IMAX. So uh, before we wrap this up, any any final thoughts, anything we didn't get to in your notes, y'all? Well, I'd just like to say that I agree with David that the best song ever is I'll Make a Man Out of You. <laughs> Literally love that song for 20 plus years. I don't know how long the movie's been out. but And then I don't agree that the Christina Aguilera pop song is terrible. I thought that was a really good song. But the video, when you mentioned that, that was filmed at at Epcot, Epcot, I went and watched it. And her hair (laughs) is like molded to her head and it's really strange. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But yeah. And I just say that I saw a guy who commented about Brother Bear and he saw it in German. And the mooses were named Benny and Bjorn. And they had heavy Swedish accents, which he said worked better. I just saw that as a comment on something about Brother Bear. So, yeah, we, we've never really dived into what they do in different countries for some of these movies and, and the different voices they get and how they change things. Yeah. And uh, especially in a lot of the newer Disney movies that are computer animated and are easier to change. They do all sorts of things different in the different iterations for different countries. So, um, well, let's wrap this up and we can give our final thoughts. Kelly, we need a rating system for Brother Bear. What do you got? Well, what I thought of was that I saw a little comment about the salmon and they're called sockeye salmon yeah and i guess they're very ugly and they've got big teeth so my yeah are they tasty okay so my uh, rating system will be based on i don't know i think david is a numbers guy yeah it's gotta be so i mean i think he likes certain numbers so i'm gonna let him pick the number but i'm gonna pick sockeye salmon 10 okay oh just 10 all right (laughs) okay so so kelly out of 10 sockeye salmon what do you give Brother Bear and give us your, your final thoughts? I'm going to give it a six. 
I, I don't know. To tell you the truth, I think I like some of those kooky three caballeros with the music <laughs> because I really, really can't stand animals being killed. And maybe hmm. I'm going to take some grief for it. But when the mother got killed, I was just was like, and then I found out it was the mother. It was very stressful for me. Oh, yeah. So and then, you know, I cried in a Disney movie, which makes me feel kind of stupid. But um, <laughs> what did I say? Six. I'm going to give it six. Six out of yeah. ten. Are you vegan? I'm not really a vegan, but I'm not a big meat eater. I don't eat any like beef or any of that, or I don't eat pigs either. Well, good thing you're not on home on the range. Yes, I'm er I'm earthy. I'm earthy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had sockeye salmon? I have had salmon, but I don't know if it's sockeye. Is there a special like, can you select that? Well, so, I mean, your typical like Atlantic salmon, like which is often like farm raised, the stuff you get at the grocery store is like a bright orange. Right. The sockeye salmon is like a darker. It's 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 closer to red than orange. Did you look at a picture of them? Yeah, they're very scary. Yeah. Mm hmm. I've only seen them cut up. Okay. All right, David, 10 sockeye salmon for Brother Bear. This one's hard because I have mixed feelings about the movie. I like some aspects of it. I didn't like the middle portion of it. I think probably a 6.5, which is fairly low on my scoring board on this podcast. The Coda Kid Bear was really annoying to me. (laughs) I like the comedy of the moose. The protagonist, as you said, was, I don't know, he was hateable at moments. He redeemed himself a little bit, I guess, by taking care of the kid whose mom he killed. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Phil Collins did better with Tarzan. Yeah, I think 10 out of 10. I, I'm settling in about six as well. Like it's a, it is a beautiful movie. I think the animation is great. And again, like I said, if we had a higher quality copy of this, I think it'd be even better. Um, this is the best I could find. Yeah, the Northern Lights, you can't go wrong with that. I bet that probably looked good in the movie theaters. You mean the spirits? The spirits. Yeah. Well, it is also, I mean, right. it is the Northern Lights. It's right. Both. Yeah. I, I, get, I agree with you, David, in sort of the overall feel of this movie is definitely uh, conflicting with itself. I thought a lot of the voice acting was good. I actually didn't mind the little kid. I thought he did a pretty good job. And yeah, and Rick Moranis is always is always funny. But yeah, it just didn't thrill me. And I think a big part of it was those songs, which I was just mocking for, for minutes on end. But yeah, it didn't work for me. And legit, the same way Tarzan didn't really work for me as much as I thought it would. Though I do I do actually like the songs from Tarzan. That was more just the way they were used. This, it's the way they were used. And I just didn't really think they were very good. So it wasn't a bad movie. I wouldn't not recommend it. But it just doesn't, it's just not up there with a lot of these other ones. So Kelly, Keen, thank you so much for joining us on Disney. Disney one by one. You, you made it. You finally made it on. Ah, thank you so much. It was wonderful. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun having you. And and David, welcome back. We missed you last week. I thank hope you'll you. be on the rest of these. We're not too many more to go. If the snow's white, then it's all right. Yellow or green, it's just not clean. I learned that one the hard way. That was a good quote. Good life advice. <laughs> Nailed it for sure. And David, before we leave, you have a new podcast of your own, correct? Give us the give us the summary in twenty seconds. I do. So I have a relatively new podcast called Snapshot Gamecast. I am a gamer myself, and on this podcast, I'm talking to esports talent, game developers, pro players, streamers, and just other people in random gaming jobs in the industry. So it's been really fun to get to talk to people who are running like the biggest esports events in the world, who stream full time, and basically have made gaming their career. So there's a new episode every Tuesday. It's up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify every other podcasting platform out there. So I'd appreciate a follow and a review if you have a chance. 
And remember, you can find us everywhere on the internet at Disney 1X1. And please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We will read it here on the show. You'll hear your name and review. Next week, we have, as I mentioned, Home on the Range. I've never seen this. I'm excited to see it. I have I know nothing about this movie. So we will see you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. <laughs>